welcome to the podcast. Coming to you from the Midwest Coast. I'm inside that miraculous establishment, the Midwest Healing Center, Leg of the Ozarks Podcast, Studio B. This is the New Old School Podcast. I am your host, Don Allen. Tell somebody about the podcast. It's all free. You know, you can download any of these free apps to any mobile device, Podbean, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, iTunes Store, Spotify. Every one of them are free. And in doing so, you're joining the thousands upon thousands listening every week from all over this blue marble planet. Let's check out our analytics today. Who's listening from where today? We got, of course, United States at the top of the list, followed by Nigeria, Australia, the UK, the Netherlands. We got our friends from the north in Canada, South Africa, Latvia, Indonesia, Singapore, India, Norway, New Zealand, Philippines, Germany, Ghana, Kenya, Peru, and always a handful of you listening from we don't know where, those parts that are unknown. I sure appreciate you helping me spread the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ worldwide. How is everybody doing today? My goodness, it finally quit raining for five seconds. I had to tell all the animals they could go back to just being on their own. They don't have to line up two by two anymore. We're okay. Well, we are in a series here titled Hearing. It has been my hope in this podcast series that uh, this would inspire you to spend some time with God on an everyday basis. Really, really taking the time to hear his voice. You, you have to take some time. One of the most asked questions I think I've run into through the years of ministry is how can I hear God? And that would probably be followed right away behind that would be how can I know if it is God that I'm hearing when I do hear something? And so let me say this because I think we have some ideas about this, but it's not wrong to ask God to confirm his word. Matter of fact, it's scriptural. Mark 16 and verse 20, and they went out and they preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs, amen. Now that, that excites me. He confirmed his word through accompanying signs. It is something that we ought to expect as we minister his word that God would back that word and do what it is that he says he would do through that word. We need to have that expectation. Not just that we're out there throwing the word around, but that when I put this word out there, God is going to back it. Next, this is a verse about God confirming his word while Jesus was quoting the law in Deuteronomy. He's talking about when you have uh, an offended brother, you go to him by yourself first, and if there's no results, then you take somebody with you. Matthew 18, 16, but if you will not hear, take with you one or two more, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. That was out of, actually out of Deuteronomy that he was talking about this. And that word established means made firm, that every word would be made firm. That's what confirm means, to make something firm for God to confirm it, to establish it, to make it firm. And then Paul quotes this as well over in uh, 2 Corinthians 13 and verse 1. This will be the third time I am coming to you. By the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. So how do we go about asking God for some kind of confirmation? Now let's let's look at Judges 6. I think we've been off on this a little bit. So let's go over to Judges 6. This is the story of Gideon. 
uh, he asked about a fleece. But even before he asked for this, he asked God to confirm his word. And I want to explain something to you because there's a whole bunch of scriptures I could use. And really, you'll probably want to go back and read all of Judges 6 and 7. But it says, the angel of the Lord came and he sat under a tree and he began to talk with Gideon. Now, understand this. Most theologians believe that when the Old Testament says angel of the Lord, that's actually referring to Jesus. You do remember that Jesus is alive at this time, right? He's still the son of God. Now, he he has yet to take on a human body, but he was definitely alive. We see a clue about this with the fiery furnace issue, right? Three go in. And the king leans down there, right? He leans down and he sees four. And he said, the fourth looks like the son of God. That's a very interesting statement. Well, Jesus was alive. He had just not taken on a human body yet. Okay, so the angel of the Lord, not an angel, but the. So four times in Judges 6, when Gideon is talking to the angel of the Lord, it will say, the Lord said to him. He's talking to the angel of the Lord, But then when there's an answer, it says, the Lord said to him. So this angel of the Lord is the Lord Jesus. Judges 6, 16, 17. And the Lord said to him, surely I will be with you and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Then he said to him, if now I have found favor in your sight, then show me a sign that is, this is you who's talking with me. Gideon's asking for confirmation to be sure that it's God's voice. Judges 6 and verse 18, do not depart from here, I pray, until I come to you, and I I bring out my offering, and I'm going to set it before you. And he said, I will wait until you come back. It's pretty amazing to me because uh, that the Lord comes to the earth. He speaks with Gideon. Gideon says, hey, okay, I, I need you to show me a sign that it is you who talks with me. I need to know that it's you. God's son is not unlike us, right? He, he wants to be sure what he is hearing really is God. So Gideon says, okay, here's the sign. Let me prepare an offering for you. God says, okay, I'll wait. God will wait for you to know that it's him. It's okay. I mean, he has all of eternity, right? We don't really think about this because our society, here we are raised with drive through fast food, microwaves, Gideon had to go get a goat, kill this goat, clean this goat, prepare the goat. I mean, this is a several hour process. Then he brings it back asking for a sign. And it says that the Lord had a staff in his hand. Gideon puts his cooked meat on a rock. And it says that the Lord touched it and fire came out of the rock and totally consumed all of it. It's gone. Well, there's your sign. After he gets the sign, guess what he does? He asks for another sign. Guys, this is just like us. This really is just like us, isn't it? But I love that it didn't make God mad. Verse 36, so Gideon said to God, if you will save Israel by my hand as you have said, look, I I shall put a fleece of wool on the threshing floor. If there's dew on the fleece only and it's dry on the ground, then I shall know that you will save Israel by my hands you have said, and it was so. And he rose early the next morning and he squeezed the fleece together and he wrung the dew out of the fleece, a bowl full of water. Imagine doing this. Okay, I, I think I was hearing from God, but I, I, I just need a sign here. 
And so he gives you one and you're like, wow, that was wild. Okay. Okay. Well, look, God, don't, don't get, don't get upset here, but, um, I'm going to kind of need another one. And this time I'm going to kind of make the rules here. I'm going to set out this towel on the ground. And if, and if the towel is wet in the morning and nothing else, then I'm going to know, then I'm going to know. Okay. So here you go. Next morning. Wow. A whole bowl filled with water from my towel and everything else was dry around it. Okay. Wow. I asked for that and you did it a sign. Now, do you believe? Well, then Gideon says to God, okay, Lord, don't be angry with me, but let me speak just one more time. I mean, look how patient God is. You would think God would be like, look, you know what? I'm just going to go find somebody else here. You want a third sign? Are you serious right now? He said, let me test. I pray just, just one more with the fleece. Let it now be dry only on the fleece, but all the ground let there be dew. And God did so that night. It was dry on the fleece only, but there was dew on the ground. So finally, Gideon calls the whole army. 32,000 men show up, and the Lord says, Gideon, that's too many. That's too many, because if you win with 32,000 men, you're going to be able to take the glory for yourselves, right? I mean, you're going to think, well, yeah, we have a big, strong army. So he says, I, I want you to make an announcement that anybody who's afraid can go home, 32,000. And Gideon says, okay, guys, hey, here's the deal. I've talked to the Lord, and he said, look, if you're afraid, you can go home. And 22,000 men left him that day. He's left with 10,000 men. Okay, well, that's, that's not terrible. I got 10,000. God says, too many. You're still going to be able to take the credit. So I want you to take them over to the river. Every man who laps water like a dog, pull them over to the side. You know, Gideon's like, man, that's... That's a good idea because we're going to weed out some of the crazies anyways, right? And God says, no, I, I want you to take the dog lappers with you. What? That's your army. Then Gideon needs another sign. God says, well, go to the Midian camp at night. I've prepared an encouraging word for you. So he sneaks down there and he hides. Yeah, I don't know if he's hiding behind a tree or something. And here's a, a Midianite soldier telling other soldiers about a dream that he just had last night. He said, listen, I dreamt that a loaf of bread rolled down the hill and it hit my tent. It just knocked it over flat. And then this loaf of bread knocked all of our tents down. Now listen to me. <laughs> As a minister, I have had many people come to me with dreams. What does this dream mean? And I have heard some crazy stuff. Yeah, a loaf of bread came rolling down the street into our community and it knocked my house down and all the other ones. What do you think that means? One of the guys says, that means it's Gideon, the sword of Gideon. God is on his side, not our side. We're going to lose. And that sign encourages Gideon. <laughs> there are three confirmations in your Bible that work every time for every person. How can I know that I'm hearing God? Is it me? Is it him? That's usually what we wonder. We can usually tell when it's the enemy. And I say usually because unfortunately, we do have some who don't know for various reasons. Sometimes it's simply a lack of knowledge in knowing who God is and what the Bible actually says. And so yes, the devil can twist some things. Other times I've seen, and this one is way more dangerous, but those who have become, how do I want to say it? I don't really like these words, hyper-spiritual but it's these that are so far out there that they are heeding to the voice of the enemy because it's spiritual. Doesn't mean it's wholly spiritual, 
doesn't mean it's God, but they are hearing something and they automatically think because they're so spiritual, then it's got to be God. We know the enemy speaks as well, right? We see that in Jesus's temptation period. So we need to grab a hold of these three confirmations. The three confirmations are this. They are his word, his wisdom, and his ways. Works every time, his word, his wisdom, and his ways. Or we could say his principles, his people, and his peace. Uh, We could even say his character, his counsel, his calm. So number one, number one is what I'm hearing lining up with God's word. It's what I am hearing lining up with God's word. No, I know there's a lot being said under the saying, well, God says, but does it line up with God's word? Does it line up with God's words, his principles, his character? God's voice will never disagree with God's word. Simple, but we still have those who say God says, and you cannot find what they're saying that he said in the Bible anywhere. And that's very sad to me. I was called to go to a home of a woman suffering from something. I don't even remember what her issue was. Because while I was there, she had a friend there with her, and one of them, this gentleman, had been a worship leader in some church for over 25 years. Now, I'm talking about healing and how God's going to heal her, and he decided to pipe up and say, well, you know, my shoulder's been hurt for years, now to the point where I can't even hardly play guitar anymore. And I said, well, you know what? God can heal that too. And he said, no, he won't. He's allowing it because. And he goes into this big old thing. I said, no, 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 wait a minute now. That's not true. That's not true. Well, he's arguing with me. And I said, no, wait a minute. You don't have any Bible for that. God is a healer. And this guy's starting to get mad at me now. I mean, he's getting mad. And so we go back and forth just a little bit. And he finally got so mad that he said, you just need to get to know your Bible, bud. Oh, 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 oh. So I proceeded to open my Bible and flood him with about 15 different scriptures on healing back to 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 back. One after another, after another, after another, and his head is just spinning. And he's sitting there and he's like, well, that, that's just not for today. My point being 25 years, a worship leader, and you don't know or have a clue what your Bible says about healing. No excuse for that, none. God did not say to this man that he was causing that pain in his shoulder because it's not biblical, nor is it the character from my father God as a loving father. So it doesn't add up. Matthew 19, three and four, the Pharisees also came to him, testing him and saying to him, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for just any reason? And he answered and he said unto them, have you not read? So catch my point here. They were looking for a word from God. Okay, Mr. Son of God, tell us what God says about this. And his answer was, have you not read? You want a word? Read your Bible. God's word speaks. Do not ever tell me you got a word from God and it doesn't line up with the Bible. What most do is they take a scripture and they take it out of context and they try to prove it. The Bible never contradicts itself but your interpretation of it just might. The whole word agreeing. I can take one scripture out of context and prove just about any point I want to prove. For instance, I can prove that David had a motorcycle. It says David's triumph was heard throughout the land. Moses played tennis. Moses refused to serve Pharaoh. Right? Come on, listen. Does it agree with the Bible? Is what you are hearing, can it be found in the word? Number two, does godly counsel agree? Not goodly, godly. Here's what people want to do. They want to go ask somebody, 
What do you think? Well, you know what, sister? I just don't think that's God. Mm. So they go find somebody else. What do you think? And they'll go on and on until they find the one person that agrees. Godly counsel is people who know God, know his word, and they know you. And they can say, uh, I think you're going out a bit too quick here. Right? Go to a mature believer. I watched a great falling away take place with some early 20-somethings, these people, uh, that we had here for some time back. And they were taking counsel from some kid on a video sitting on the edge of his bed in his mother's house where he still lived. And he's saying, there's not three, there's only one. There's not Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. There's just a God and that's it. And they were so into this idiot sitting on his mom's bed at 19 years old when myself and others confronted them, they didn't want to hear it. No, we want to listen to the 19-year-old that still lives with his mommy. Proverbs 12 and verse 15, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he who heeds counsel is wise. These kids fell off. They're doing nothing for God now because of that stupid kid sitting there on his comforter in his mama's bed. Proverbs 19, 20, and 21, listen to the counsel and receive instruction that you may be wise in your latter days. There are many plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel, that will stand. Proverbs 24 and verse 6, for by wise counsel, you will wage your own war. And in a multitude of counselors, there is safety. Is it wise counsel or is it stupid counsel? That's really it, guys. Is it wise or stupid These young people I mentioned were raised in a church that taught the right things concerning God. They knew better, but they wanted stupid counsel because, see, it was new. It was fresh. It was something that kind of went against the grain, you know. They wanted to have something to make them feel relevant. Stupid counsel. So Rehoboam takes over as king, says to his father's counselors, what should I do? They said, this is amazing for any leadership position that you may ever serve in. They said to him, serve the people and they'll be with you forever. That's good advice, right? But it says that he didn't listen to them. Instead, he went to his friends. His friends said, uh, you tell them that if you think my father's hand was heavy, my finger is heavier than his whole hand. So have you ever heard of the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom? That took place because of this man, a split. It divided the church, so to speak. It brought division to the people. Split God's people. Please get godly counsel. So does it line up with the Bible? Get godly counsel. Number three, do I have peace? This will go a long way to not ignore what I call a check in your spirit. Something's off here with this. This isn't sitting well with me. Do I have peace? God created you with this gauge inside of you called peace. Colossians 3 and verse 15, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts. The New Testament was written in Greek, so some of the words Paul uses are from sporting events. This is one of those. That word actually means umpire. It's from a sporting event, and it's umpire. Let the peace of God umpire in your hearts. Let God's peace tell you if it's safe for you or if you should get out of this situation. Now think about this. How many times... Have you not had peace about something? And then you did it anyway. God never, ever leads through fear. He always leads through faith. 
If you do not have peace, get out. Philippians 4 and verse 7, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. The word for understanding is reasoning, logic. The, the peace of God passes all of your logical reasoning. It will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. This word guard here is, a, is the Greek. It's a, it's a military term, and it means a garrison of soldiers. A garrison of God's angels will guard your heart and your mind, and you can walk in peace. Guys, that's good news. How many times have you had a troubled mind and you couldn't sleep? No peace in your life. No peace in your life. Just simply say, okay, God, I'll stop, and peace can come back that quick. If I don't have peace, I'm not moving. This is what God does. God will give you a, a word, and he will confirm that word, and it'll line up with his word, and godly counsel will agree, and if you have peace. Now, I can tell you I've ignored this many times, and I have to say, man, I have paid the price every single time ignoring peace. Don't do it at least allow it to cause you to pause for a moment and to pull back for just a few and wait. His word, his wisdom, his ways works every time. His word, his wisdom, his ways. Or as we said, his principles, his people, his peace. His character, his counsel, his calm. These are fail-safe, friends, but you can't be in a hurry. That's usually what's going to get us in a mess is that we want to hear from God on the issue. We need to hear from God, but we get impatient. So we ignore the red flags and, well, you know what happens next. I could share a whole bunch of stories with you on how I did not follow peace, but I think we get it because I bet, I bet we have similar stories. On the other hand, the times that I did, it turned out amazing, even though it went directly against my feelings. My other personal experiences, it went against my logical thinking. I know when it came to doing television, I had to follow peace because I was not interested nor thought that I had any experience to do so. Didn't have any equipment didn't have any money, didn't have any place to do TV, and would never watch some guy at that time preaching in a coffee shop in a town of 900 somewhere in the Midwest. Who cares what this clown has to say? How can this be a television program? And the thought of having to do it every single week? But for some reason, I had peace about it. God kept taking me to scriptures that kept removing all of my excuses. And well, so I did it. And still had people upset. Well, who do you think you are? And I have to admit, it didn't make any sense to me either. Still doesn't. It really doesn't. And here I am today, just this week, we recorded my 526th television program. 526 television programs, Christ the Healer Television. And it ministers to people every single week. So it won't just be logical all the time, and yet I can find peace through it, lining up with the Word of God, I can receive that godly counsel, and I can know God's ways. I can know that it's God's character to know that I'm absolutely hearing and I'm on the right track. So what are you going to do? You're going to get to know him through his word, not just through sermons. And you're going to get to know his character, to know what's in line with how God has always operated. Is this out of character for God? Or is this something that I can see that he's always done it this way? And then peace, follow peace. Because you know, we have the Prince of Peace and he too will minister to your heart and your mind as well. Letting you know if this is the way to go or no.
kids. That's all the time I have for today. Thank you for joining me on the New Old School Podcast today. I am your host, Don Allen. Until next time, I'm checking in with him every day. I'm looking for that peace that passes all my understanding so that I can continue to attempt the ridiculous and achieve the miraculous. Hey!